Hey everyone, what's going on? My name is Stephanie Graham. I'm an artist and filmmaker, and I'm also an extremely curious person. Some will go as far as to say that I am nosy as the, the nerve. <laughs> I started this podcast because I wanted to interview people. I'm not just talking to anyone either. I'm talking to people who are in the thick of what they do. I want to know how they live their life and how they get things done so that I could apply some of their savvy to my own life. I'm sharing this with you so that you too can do the same. We can do it together. We all gotta start somewhere, and if you're not looking for practical info, stick around anyway, because my guests are fascinating, and it's my goal to get to the bottom of their sh. I mean, aren't we all just a little bit curious of what it's like to live someone else's life? And if we do it the same? There are also times when I will feel called to catch up with you one-on-one and let you know about what's going on with me, either in life or with my art practice. You didn't think I'd get the dirt on all these cool people and not let you know what's going on with me, did you? I mean, I'm a Libra. We believe in balance. Listen, I am a big believer that even though we are all different, we can still find ways to relate to each other. It's time to get down to business, so welcome to the Nosy AF Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Nose AF Podcast. I am so happy you are here. Let's see what is going on. I have a fun episode for you today with this artist, Sherry Rush. But before we get into that, I want to let y'all know something. The strike is still going on. It is still going on for months, for months. It's getting dark out there, y'all. My union, we're losing our health insurance because of this. Like, yeah, it's just it's it's just getting dark out there. You know, like now we have to pay ourselves. We used to have banked hours that are supposed to carry us in times like this, but because it's been COVID and now the strike, it's just dark. And some people are gonna lose their health insurance because of it. A local business that I frequent all the time who we would also use on movie sets on tv sets I would use them personally for myself they told me that they've lost between five to ten thousand dollars a month with all the movies being gone and when I say movies I mean like tv and movies um I just say movies because it's just quicker to say the movie business is an ecosystem you know what I mean it just When one thing topples, it all topples in a way, you know, and because my union isn't necessarily on strike, we are in solidarity with the actors and writers, but we are also in a way on strike because, you know, with no actors, no writers, what are we making? So, you know, and we have nothing to make. We can't go to the vendors to get the things to do what we have to do to make the sets and blah, 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 blah. So it's just getting dark. It's getting wild out here, but we're going to keep the faith. You know, it's all going to be good. And um, yeah. And you know what? We all have art, right? Thank God for that. I mean, film is definitely an art, but I'm so thankful for my art practice at this time. I'm so thankful for this podcast at this time to keep me busy. I've just been trying to brush up on skills, you know, like, and keep some sort of routine. It's it's feeling sort of like Groundhog Day around here. Like, okay, what am I going to get up and do today? But Thankfully, with all the strike stuff, there's art, there's this podcast, and there's Sister Wives. (laughs) 
I mean, really, do you all watch Sister Wives? It's all falling apart. Okay. This man was married to three women. And now don't none of them want to be with him no more. Mm, mm, mm. No, wait. It's four women. And three of them don't want to be with him anymore. But there's one that's holding on. Like I said, it's dark out here. <laughs> it is getting crazy out here, y'all. But you know what? Let me just, let's just get into today's conversation. So today, we're diving deep into the world of contemporary art with a very special guest. With her art standing at the crossroads of identity, landscape, and digital imagery, Sherry Rush has continuously wowed us with her captivating approach to process-driven painting. She is a Texas native, just like Beyonce, and now she's Chicago's pride. Sherry has been deconstructing journeys in nature since the 1980s, and she is wonderful. She is the reason why the series on the rock has started. She brought me to Pooch Cove with her. And I am so thankful that she has agreed to talk to me about her beautiful, beautiful, bright colored pieces. Now, I've got some fantastic news for you. Sherry had a show that opened September 15th. And it's at the Epiphany Arts Center. This is all Chicago stuff. So at the Epiphany Center of the Arts in the Chase Gallery, it is a much anticipated show. It's called Situations of Liminality and Transformation. And it's not just another art exhibition. You know, it's like a portal. It's like a bewitch journey and designed by Sherry and the incredibly talented Canadian artist Jared Betts. And together, these two, they've created an enchanted forest that promises to transport you into the realm of reflection happiness, and healing. So that's pretty fly, right? Now listen, I don't like the nature. I like nature. I like trees and water and rocks. But I don't like bugs, okay? And I don't like the idea of bears running after me. <laughs> but if you've ever felt the deep pull of nature, the enchantment of woodlands, or simply the magic that trees whisper in the cool evening breeze, this exhibition is for you. And that's why I'm going to go because I like cool evening breeze from trees. Okay. Until I start getting bit. But anyway, Jared Betts also, he's like, he has like this eighties color palette. You know, he just like, I think of like Madonna. I think of leopard pattern, all that whole fashion era. And I don't know this show. It promises vivid tapestry of stories, emotions, and above all transformation. So Gear up as we chat with Sherry Rush about her journey, her art, and this upcoming exhibition. And I hope that if you're in Chicago, you will check it out. Actually, let me know if you want to go together. I would love to see it with a friend. And yeah, let's get into this conversation with Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Nosy AF podcast. And I'm sure you'll like Sherry just as much as I do. And also, side note, Sherry, when she laughs, it reminds me of Janet Jackson. Now, I don't really know if I should have told y'all that, but it just, she has like this shy laugh like Janet. <laughs> if I ever see a person tell me to do my Sherry impersonation like Janet, okay? And I'll try to do my best for you, but I don't know, just a thought I had. Okay, anyway, 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 enjoy the show. 
Okay, so you guys, we have my friend Sherry Rush here. She's a fellow artist in Chicago. And how long have we known each other? Do you know? A few years. It has to go back to when you did the center program at Hyde Park Art Center. Because oh. I know that's the first place I saw your work. Yeah, okay. Yeah, wow. So it's been a long time. Yeah, I remember laughing hysterically when I saw. Oh yeah. my gosh, <laughs> thank you, yeah. No, so okay, so for a while, but I feel like as of like maybe like the past two years or so, we've like started to like talk even more, become like real buds. <laughs> oh, definitely. And I remember we were both doing a critique at the CAC one time. Oh, you remember that? Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I was sitting there really tensely and all of a sudden you said something like, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I could use a shot. <laughs> oh my gosh that's so ridiculous i can't believe i said that oh my gosh you know those critiques critiques get critiques get so yeah i don't know why critiques get so intense it's like we're just sharing our opinion like i i it's it's kind of it's our soul though right i mean it's that product that is the end of this long process that's really important to us I mean, our, our work is really important to us. Yeah, that's true. You know, what's interesting. I feel like I think I need to do some type of soul searching because I feel like when people say like work is our soul, I feel like I can separate it somehow. Like if people critique it in a bad way, I just think like I'm not going back and redoing all that work or something like that, you know, more so than like. That's probably very healthy, you know, I mean, I think too many people get kind of you know, really taken back and really just kind of stopped, you know, and they, I think they take it to heart maybe sometimes. I mean, that's one thing you learn is, you know, starting in school and everything that you, you take what you can use and then you leave the rest behind, you know? Yeah. And that can be hard to do. Yeah. It, it always, some hurts more than others, you know? That is, that is. <laughs> That is very true. My friend Maya, we collaborated on the hashtag New Global Matriarchy Project. And I remember she said to me, like, when we were about to go up to a review, she's like, okay, listen, does anything that these people say have anything to do with how you will be moving forward? And I was like, no. And she's like, okay, then. Wow. And so then we just, like, listened to, like, the critique or whatever and, like, took it in and had, like, conversation but she's like, you know, these folks, and these are like just other artists in the program. She's like, what they have to say really does like, has like, you know, like who cares? <laughs> but it's like in a way like to think, it is It is interesting if they had something like, I guess technical to say, but yeah, we had like yeah. this piece that like sort of critiqued the Art Institute and like a person got offended and it's like, all right, unless you have like something to say about like the way I photograph this, like you're just making like a personal opinion. You're like making a personal, yeah. And, and listen, I mean, that's what that's what critiques turn into. Sometime I can remember being devastated in grad school because I went to the University of Chicago, so you had the faculty members all there, and then the visiting artist was one from the SAIC, and they clashed. But I was the one thrown under the bus. <laughs> but it was about them clashing, you know. And and I don't think I was old enough to know that until the director like wrote me a letter saying, "Sorry." <laughs> wow. Yeah. That that 
that's crazy because it's like, listen, I'm paying all this money and you all are like taking like like taking jabs at each other like through right. my art and that's not right. <laughs> like <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is so wild. It is. Okay. Yeah, it's just like how dare you? Like we're paying for a service, not for you like to get upset about something that happened at like a party last month or something. What is wrong with people? A lot of philosophical differences back then. I mean, because, you know, you're talking the 80s. So okay. I've been in this, this world a while. So <laughs> it was a different game back then. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been able to, how long have you been an artist? Since I was nine. Oh, wow. So like for <laughs> three, so like three years now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least. Yeah. yeah. Ten. <laughs> Wow. But yeah, yeah. I asked my mom if I could take art lessons. So I've always, since then, I've taken art lessons in some form. Mm -hmm. And I pursued art even in college, even though I'd, I wasn't really doing my art in school. I was doing it. I, I, I was lucky. My parents supported me and, and I, I took private lessons or in a class situation, you know, with a private person. But I wasn't like a big art person in, in high school. I was actually, I played the clarinet. I was actually more into the musician side of it, but I wasn't truly gifted as a musician. Cause it, and I knew that because I had friends that were very, very gifted. But it's, I was in a high school that was very known for its band and competitions. So when I chose the school that I needed to go to in Texas for my BFA, I went there for art, but my parents wouldn't let me. So I decided to get a scholarship. And I knew the best way to do that was not through my art at that time, because I didn't have a lot of accolades behind me you know, but I had it in music. So I actually started college on a music scholarship. Wow. So you actually were good at music. I, I wasn't the best, you okay. know, you have to be the top 10% to really pursue that. I think, you know, I, I, I given my choice of, of talents, I, I might've chosen music, <laughs> but you know, we don't choose we receive right <laughs> so yeah it just seems like you might be a little hard on your i mean if it's top 10 percent, they get a music scholarship and you got one like oh no 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 it, that makes it in the world uh -huh. i mean i was all i was all state band i was you know i was you know uil although all the god i can't remember i can't believe i remember all this but yeah all the competitions and nonsense you, you know i i did all that yeah yeah i did all right yeah, yeah. but i i wasn't the top okay okay you know it was funny i pl i played clarinet also in i i could not read music at all i could not read music really? at all yeah, I really had a hard time, like, with the hand coordination. Like, I would be in recitals just, like, just pushing whatever. I really was. I just remember, like, really pushing whatever. Like, I'm surprised. I, I don't know. I don't know if you could hear me, like, just off with everybody else. But, yeah. I, I don't I, know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just I was not good at it. <laughs> I can <could> read music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could. I feel like it was too quick. It's too quick. Like you see that, and like oh, having to know quick. like what to do. Yeah.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. My nurse, my I don't think I ever another thing that I never would have been successful because my performance nerves were too bad at that time. Yeah. So that would have been very, very difficult. You know, some people like they get nervous, but that really fuels them. If you fuels that adrenaline and they just go in there and then just knock it out, you know. I I, I crumbled. So it it was tough. <laughs> yeah, that is tough. It, it got me to the school that I needed to be at to study art. And then I was able to get an art scholarship for my last year in college. So, oh, very yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So, yeah, you really have been doing it all your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, yeah, I came up here for grad school and did an MFA. So I got a scholarship. Yeah. So it, it's. Wow, good for you. <laughs> I feel like I've been beat a lot. But. You know, it's really something. I went to the Beyonce concert and she was like, as she was thanking everyone, she's like, you know, I've been doing this for 25 years. And it's like, wow, has it been that long? And it's just like, that's like, a, and just like, I think similar to you, like, that's like a really long, like time to be committed to something like committed to your craft, you know, and just like keep going and just getting better and having these like, different things happen along your career and whatnot. And so I feel like, you know, I feel like that with you, because you've seen, you know, so many different things take place over your career, you yes. know, it's a great deal. Yeah. So I think that that's cool. So we've been talking, but let's tell the listeners about your work. So I'm going to describe it and then you tell me if I'm right, because I'm trying to work better on talking about art. <laughs> okay. A lot of, well, some people find painting very difficult to talk about, you know, oh, really? the other genres. Yeah. I'm, I mean, different mediums and everything. And, you know, a more, more, maybe, gosh, if I say a more message oriented, I'm going to get killed by all the painters. Not that it's not, but, but, you know, there are, people find other stuff easier to talk about than painting. I've been yeah. told that. Okay. Uh, so go. Well, let's go see how it, I do. It. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Sherry Rush is a large abstract painter. And I mean, like big paintings, not just like your typical, like 11 by 14, 16 by 20, though, if you're lucky, you can find those sizes if you are lucky, <laughs> but that is not her base. And these paintings are bright colors, like neons, neons, blues, reds, nothing really dark. And this is her current body of work because she has went to those palettes before, like where they were like darker, rich palettes, but now they are rich and bright. And they are forests, magical forests that you get to explore they're sort of, I don't know what the word would be for like the animation version of cinematic, not animation like cartoony, but just like they're animated. They are like bright, colorful, forced experiences that's mixed with like spray paint, acrylic paint. And I think that's it. That's good. Okay. Yeah, I think he really, really, really got it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, cool. <laughs> I should take you. Yeah, I should. Yeah, let you. Yeah, give me. I should write that down. <laughs> I really feel like you could walk 
through your paintings. They're so bright. And I also think of them as like, are you familiar with teepeeing? Yes. So, you know, like in high school, we would always like teepee each other's houses, me and my friends. And some of them like with like the drips, they like look like if we had like hot pink toilet paper oh, or yes. like yes. blue toilet paper. Like if we would have like dyed the paper and like went and done somebody's like backyard who like they're like in Barrington or something, you know, like where they have like more like a foresty backyard. I right. feel like that would have been really fun. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, not TP that in like a juvenile way, but like in a visual way, you know. Right. No, I saw, I saw it in my head when you said that. I was like, oh, yeah, that might work. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. We should try it. Like, I wonder how it would go with toilet paper, crepe paper. It could be fun. But they do definitely feel like immersive for sure. Your work. Oh, that's good. I mean, that's really what this show is going to be about. This next show is, mm -hmm. is all about that. So I, yeah. I have gone heavy on the size this year. Just because I knew I had this show. I haven't had a large scale show in a long time. And what, a long time, 2020, 2020, I think it was. And I don't know, they've chosen to, to show the small pandemic works recently and the last two years. So I, I've been really excited by this one because this isn't really my, this is my love. This is, I was always a large scale painter. I was very influenced by the abstract expressionists. And, you know, this is what I, 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 I love doing. I think I also do it better than I paint small paintings. So, you know, I've been working on trying to fix that, but yeah, this, this, this comes better for me. Large scale works work better for me. No. Do you have large scale works hanging in your home? I have, yes, actually. Okay. <laughs> yes, I do have. I only, I only allow one of mine in the house. Okay. And it happens to be a ten foot painting. That's a favorite of my partner. And but I have also, I have collected a few throughout my life. So I have a seven by seven foot painting. Oh, uh, wow. Wesley, yeah. And a Thrush Holmes, he's a Canadian artist. It's probably about five by six, four by six, maybe. Yeah, five by six. But wow. yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm drawn to it, definitely, even other people's, yeah. Yeah, you know, I always will see, like, your work and other big works, and I always think, like, where could I hang this at my house? But in oh, yeah. It wasn't until though, actually, and we could talk about this later, but like in Pooch Cove at James's house, when I was like, oh, look at these big pieces and like his, you know, like his living space, I feel like it's yes. comparable to mine. So I'm like, oh, I guess you just put it on the wall, you know, and if there's like a chair in front of it, you know, as long as it's not like mashed yes. up against it, you know, you can right. move it so people can see or like you move out, like you just sort of arrange around it and then it made me think like oh yeah maybe this wall actually could you know take a big piece yeah. like that yeah no yeah you live in close proximity to it i think it's a different point of view you know i i, I noticed that and in fact i noticed that, that since i have done the pooch cove residency twice now i paint a little bit differently there than i do in my studio because my studio, I can't get as far back. And I've noticed that there's a real difference because I spend a lot of time when I'm in Pooch Cove 
looking since we live in the spaces, you know, and they're big. I spend a lot of time looking at them from far away. And I think I paint not, I, I'm sure it's not very differently to, to everyone, but in inside my head, it's very different. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like, I like big, big work. You know, I think it makes sense. My own work. I prefer to like the prints that I have, they're like, 16 by 20 and i think it it makes a better it's better you know and i'm yeah. like that's not even that big and that's why you know i said in the beginning describing your work like i'm like no it's not like 16 by 20 people are like oh my god that's so big it's like no 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 <laughs> that is like a five by four by six compared to your your size works but i think it yeah big art you know if it calls for it i think it it really helps and it's like it's just you know, I feel like when you have the smaller work, it's like, oh, this is for, you know, for everybody else. Like, you know, those starting out in your collection or something. <laughs> well, I find that a lot of people are uncomfortable living that close to having that big of an image. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem to rest in the background as easily. There seems to be more kind of noise. And I remember one of my first experiences a potential sell of one of those large pieces. In graduate school, we had our, our master thesis show, but then we had a group thesis show together at the Smart Museum. And this woman, I think she had a condo. I think, it, yeah, I think she was down in Hyde Park, you know, a really nice ritzy condo. And she called me, she wanted one of the, um, I wasn't quite as bright as I am now, not, I mean, fluorescents weren't a thing and it, it, you know, but there were some reds and some strong colors in it and it, and it was big. I used to paint 10 feet paintings back. So she wanted to try it and I took it down and, you know, I put it up on the wall and it was in her dining room and she had this new white marble table and she felt like the, the painting dwarfed the white marble table. So, and she decided not to buy it. Oh man. You know, that, it, that, that over the sofa view, I think people are very used to. And if you like large work, I think you commit a little bit more to living closer with it. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Cause I guess you would like, as you eat, you like turn and, you know, it's like becomes <laughs> your whole world. But I love that though, you know? I know, right? Me yeah. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it would definitely have brought like a different dining experience, especially if you like to entertain a lot. Because everybody always just like eats at, you know, a table with like exactly. just a wall, you know? So it's like, come on. Yeah. It was a learning experience. I'm like, okay, lesson learned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we recently went to the Pooch Cove residency. And one of the things I wondered if you could talk about is actually how you would say you your paintings are this is me trying to talk again about art like you like you journal and then you're you're like do you consider your paintings like poems or are they like a responses to writings you do like can you share like a little bit about your process yeah you know i did this when I was young, my family, I'm from Texas and my family had a, a farm in central Texas. It was my grandparents actually. And we were down there a lot and I would just go 
out walking the acreage. And it's, well, it actually started in grad school. It's not a journal as much as it's a, it's a photography journal, I guess you would say. I document and I document, it's like, you know, almost OCD. <laughs> it's a really heightened documentation. Not thinking of it in terms of documenting. I'm always looking for something. And I would always photograph down at the farm twice a year. And because I would, when I was living in Chicago, I'd be down there twice a year. And it was interesting to me, look like after years had gone by, looking back and seeing God, what was my focus that year? Because I could always tell the focus, you know, whether it was shadows or light or forms, the interaction of forms. It was always dramatic, though. I have to say that. I I always feel like I've set up little dramas all the time. So, and, and I worked from photos from the farm. And it never struck me until later that it was really about my processing the world and processing my life and about identity and my family identity and identity to that land. It I worked from those from like 25 years. Wow. Yeah, I had left the art world, I don't know, sometime in the, the 90s. I kept painting, but my painting became quite stagnant. And it was that's why I ended up in the center program. Okay. to transition my work. One of the visiting artists, the first critique I had, he said, get rid of your photos. <laughs> so I shredded them. Then I, I made works with shredded photographs and, and charcoal and acrylic and spray. That's when I first started using spray. So they were all black and white because my, fo- my photo journals from that time were shot in film and they were all black and white because I would do the print printing part myself in a web at dark room. Wow. So, uh, I know that was well into the 2000s. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that you were photographing, you would photograph these things, print them, and then print them in the dark room and then paint from them. Yes. That's too much. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And I was lucky because where I lived, it had this extra room with a sink in it, like a, like a, uh, you know, slop sink or something. And, you know, it was, it was my cats had it as as their their little room, but then I would suddenly do like two weeks of of po- power printing. Yeah, <laughs> back room up. You know, I had these special curtains and everything, and you know, so. But then, yeah, computers kind of did away with that. You know, it because it became too easy because, as you said, it was a lot. Yeah. I was spending a lot of time, a lot of labor intensive, you know, time doing preparing my source materials. But you know, I have to say, looking back, that that whole process, that those source materials, was is part of my process. Yeah. I think I'm just kind of accepting that now. You know, before I'd say, oh well, I do from photographs, but it was just. You know, this year when I was writing a statement that, you know, I was with a group of artists and they asked me to describe my process and they pointed out to me that this whole documentation and then archiving these things, this constant, you know, going through them and through them and finding what's this and what's that. And that that's a really huge part of my process. I'm just now kind of grappling with that. Hey, I just want to pop in here real quick to let you know that I'm an artist. 
I make work about social class, subcultures, race, and gender. These topics are complex, they're interesting, and they come up in my life all the time. Because I love to laugh, a lot of my work has humorous tones. I genuinely enjoy making and creating all sorts of things. My main medium is photography and film, but I also enjoy organizing art events. I would love to keep you in the loop of everything that's going on with my art exhibition, so please consider signing up for the Studiogram newsletter at missgram.com slash sign up. Okay, back to the top. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of steps, but I'm also sort of like, what? I can't believe that guy said to shred him. Get rid of <laughs> he him. Shred him. He said get rid of him. Yeah. Because I was stuck. I was stuck and I needed to move on. So I move on. I moved on by working through imagery that I needed to work through and and shredding those photos. It, now, I kept my negatives. But. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 That's... <laughs> Yeah, some because I was like, all oh, that work. Oh my god! Right? No, I I know one of my best buddies. I've known him since grad school. He he would like when I said it. He looked at me and then he's just like, "Oh, you have the negatives." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" That's what I was thinking. Like, "Oh my gosh!" Because I didn't know if yeah, <laughs> yeah. If it's like and, and or something. they've been scanned. Yeah, they've been scanned now, which was yeah. So, oh wow, you're so meticulous. Well, I started printing, uh, it was back then, it was like 2012 or 2013. I started, I, I learned that you could print with computers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. I have, it's good that you have everything scanned. I'm like looking, I have some like boxes of negatives where I'm like, oh, I should maybe scan some of that stuff and see you what's in scan. there. Yeah. And I probably do. Like, I also have like DVDs that, I probably should look and see like this computer I'm recording our conversation on has a DVD player. I should see if it works and then just take a look and see what's in there and see what comes of it. It's an extraordinary process. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I had to move in 2019. I moved from the place that was my home and my studio for 27 years. Oh, wow. And I moved, but then it took me, I don't know, a good year to start getting all my art out of there. And it, my art that was, it, it went all the way back to graduate school. Mm. And that's when I, and that's when I learned, cause I couldn't remember that I used to paint 10 foot paintings back then. So I've always been that, that painter. Yeah. That was a real process cleaning out all that stuff. I let three quarters of it go, you know? Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, archiving, right? That's like a whole other piece. That took months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you should definitely always look back. It's always informative. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah it was good. So you and I, we went, how did you, so you and I, you know, we really got to know each other and spend time together at Pooch Cove when you invited me. Thank you again as a, to come <laughs> with you to Canada and, you know, it came at a really good time because I wanted to, you know, as I was telling you, like, do more residencies. And then here comes this residency, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, about an artist career, have residencies. Definitely. Yeah. How did you get to do residencies with Pooch Cove? And, res yeah, Pooch Cove. And then, like, if you talk about, like, residencies, like, in your work, if it's even, like, a thing in your process. 
It's, you know, it wasn't because back, you know, when I was starting out, it wasn't a thing. Residency is a thing. I mean, you know, Ragsdale has always been there. Yato has always been there. But it's not like, you, you know, now artists can go from residency to residency. And they do that a lot. But it wasn't really a thing. But it's when I came back into the art world in 2014 that people were all talking about residencies. So, you, you know, once I started getting myself together and get my work together, God, what what year was it? It, it must have been, I, th I think I started applying. I applied for a few. I finally decided to do it. And I applied for a few here in the States. And during that time I was applying, I received an email. And it was from the Puchko Foundation offering me a residence <laughs> in Cove. And it was James, James Baird. He's the C CEO, founder. He said, would you be interested in something like that? And I said, oh, you know, oh, yeah, sure, sure. You know, let me take, you know, send me the app. Let me take a look. And he's like, no, there's no application. It's just invitation. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, in my mind, I had just applied to, I don't know, I think two residencies or something. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted this one, this one I really wanted. And I had no idea, though, since it was my first time that these things are competitive here in the states like just hugely competitive yeah there's not that many spots for all those artists and of course you know so time went i kind of blew my off and time went on and i got turned down for the residencies and then you know i was <laughs> lamenting to deirdre you know in the studio and deirdre fox is my studio mate and you know complaining and i think i was thinking about jumping on a train or something and going out west and doing some photographs. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was, you know, all, all, all kinds of schemes. And then all of a sudden James wrote me again. Cause oh, wow. I, I hadn't really thought about it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. You know? And I, I looked it up and, you know, you're kind of hesitant. I mean, cause you're just opening your email and, but anyway, long story short, I went and it was amazing. And I finally one day asked him, how did he, find my work and there is a platform called found art work okay i remember seeing it on instagram when it started it originally started for artists and this was odd this this is kind of a throwback to the old days it started for artists with mfas oh interesting nothing's ever come of it for me except james found me there mm-hmm you know, then now it's now it's segued into, you know, all artists and it, it gives out a big grant at once a year to oh. an artist on the platform. But yeah, he found me on that. He used to really but what what's funny is he hadn't the new the facility wasn't done. Okay. He was just finishing the units that are in the main building, you know? Mm -hmm. He was just finishing them up. And like when Elaine was there, she was there alone, I think. I yeah, she was. Was. yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. I was there. It was me and another artist from the U.S. and then one from Ireland and his daughter from Spain. So there were four of us. Wow. But yeah, all the units weren't done yet and the loss weren't even. That was a dream. Yeah. Yeah. So it was very, very different. But it was it was very isolating. That was right before the pandemic. So I didn't know 
you know, how to live without my coffee shop. Yeah, that is hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A coffee. I don't know if you've ever heard me complain, but the coffee shops around here keep hours that are like seriously rude. They're like ten to three. It's like, are you kidding? Ten to three. Yes. There's maybe one that is like super early because there's it's by a metro, but yeah, it's like this yeah. like seven, seven to twelve. Like, and l so if I'm off, if I'm out of coffee. I have to resort to either Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, which I'm like, yes. not that happy about, you know, I rather if I'm going to spend the money, go to a coffee shop, but then it's like, it's not close enough. You know, it's like, yeah, I guess if I want to drive, but like, that's not yeah. the point, you know, like the point is to have something local and accessible. And yeah, I know we were in Pooch Cove. I kept trying to figure out how to have a coffee shop there. But. <laughs> Well, I think as more artists move there, I think that your plan might work. Yeah, I'll have to see. It's pretty up there. Do you like working isolated like that? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I do. It, I get a lot done. My best painting was done there. Yeah, for sure. It, it's It's a real gift to be able to paint every day. But I have to say, this time was so much better. My my mind was much healthier. I was in a much healthier place because of, you know, all of you guys were there. So I was in a happier place and I didn't get like crazy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is nice to, it, it, it was nice to know that while I was working, I knew that y'all were working too, you know, and there's not like, friends that might be like frustrated because you're they're going to see like a movie that you don't really want to see but you might push yourself to go to be social or you know it's like okay yeah i do need to see my friend i haven't seen him in a while but it's just like you know what yeah sherry's over there but she's also working and yeah maybe i could stop by but have i done what i'm doing like we are here to work and then we had different times that we created yeah. organically for like socializing. And I thought that that was really nice. It made me want to be able to offer that to other artists somehow, you know? Wow. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, what a treat this is, you know? I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It does make you think of that way differently. It's, it's just, it's just such a thing to, to be able to get up every day and paint is just, and all you have to decide is if you're going to the grocery store or not, you know, or. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I realized I'm like, oh my gosh, I way overpacked. Cause I was just like, oh, just throw these jeans. Like I rotate out like two jeans in the washing machine. And like, yeah. Was, yeah. It's like, yeah, it was, it was a really good opportunity. That's um, I'm glad you really enjoyed it. I'm glad you. Yeah. It yeah. Was it was, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. And now you have you, but you, you're always working though, which is really Cool. Do you like two questions? I was, I want to obviously talk about your show you have coming up, but like, do you have any hobbies or chill time? Cause I feel like you always have stuff going on. Yeah, I do. N no, I've worked. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the truth now. Tell the truth. <laughs> the closest thing I get to a hobby are my dogs, I guess. Yeah. But honestly, I've always had to work a day job. I've never been able to my, support myself on my work. And there were times that my day job was all encompassing. And it was a fight to get into the studio. So I felt like I, I that's what I did all my life. And if I had any spare time, it was in the studio. So 
now my job is a little less demanding and I cut out a huge chunk of it because I used to do a lot of rehab work and I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Relaxation. That's hard for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to like make hobbies more like, like, I think it's smart. You think it's smart? I have a hobby. And I, I've been trained. I've been since my, I I have young dogs again. I spend a lot of time with my dogs. Mm -hmm. I, I started training them. And that's the only other, well, also I started taking ceramics because I wanted to make it this object. Uh huh. And, and so I, I got it. I just kind of jumped in to ceramics. I don't know why I think of that as a hobby, but I mean, I think that it, it could be an important part of my practice someday, but yeah, I I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm either making, I'm making art usually trying to. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's hard because even like with my girls when I was doing it, when I first started to learn, I was like, oh, I can totally make this a business. But I was like, you know what? Why even rush? Like people were having events like, hey, are your grills ready? Are you good enough yet to like come and sell these and take clients? And I'm just like, it was giving me anxiety. So I'm like, you know what? Yes. No, I'm just gonna, you know how some people might knit. I'll just play with my grill stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and just like go from there and play with that and if like over time if it starts to become something where like I want to make it a business then so be it but outside of that I'm not like putting a rush on it or anything you know yeah Yeah. I think that's a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. I always I've always felt grateful to have you know a roof over my head and a job because it it never pressured me to paint any particular way or size yeah you know if I want to paint large I could paint large because let's face it they don't sell yeah Oh my gosh. But you do have a show coming up. I do have a show so, coming up. So something must be. Listen, we have a show coming up where we will get to see your work and maybe hopefully some of these beautiful pieces will move. So tell us about it. <laughs> you never know. Well, you, the Chase Gallery, there's an art center, Epiphany Center for the Art. And it's a fairly new art space in Chicago. But it opened in 2020, which was, you know, the pandemic. So it's an incredible space. You know, it has like six to eight galleries and it has all these music, you know, there's constant musical, it's a musical venue and a fine arts, visual art venue. And I think it's incredible. I think it's incredible to bring your work will have an audience that's not always you you don't get that crossover audience all the time, you know, because people come to see the music, people come to have a drink. I mean, it's a very unique space in that it's a it's a renovated church. Ooh. It's it's on South Ashland and it, it has an interesting history because the Black Panthers used to meet at that church. It's it's just if if someone was gonna save a church and make it into a really cool venue, this is it, you know. And I like the whole like different things going on there. But this this space, this gallery is their largest gallery. It's about 2,500 square feet. And from the moment I saw it, I envisioned a large scale show there. And uh, Aaron Baker was the director at that time. And, you know, I thought, I was thinking, my work was dealing with landscape imagery, but from a lot of different views. Then the pandemic kind of changed everything because I used to kind of dwell on how people do not 
the, the layers of everything between them and nature because they're sitting there looking through their camera, you know, often through a window. And so it was about kind of that kind of thing and the layers that we put, you know, we're looking through computers, we're looking through everything. And then the pandemic happened and we we could only experience things looking through windows and the computer. So it was hitting kind of too close, you know? Yeah. I, I switched to a, a different view in different ways. Anyway, I decided that this show should be a large-scale show and that I had all this source material from my first residency in Pooch Cove. Okay. <laughs> so it was from a hiking point of view. You know, I had, I had, you know, 2,500 photos and I was looking at them getting really excited, you know, and thinking, oh my God, look at that, look at that. So I, I thought, God, what if I really went for it? Cause you know, I, I, I try to crush my landscape representational needs a lot, you know, just because I, think, well, we've already done that. But I thought, well, just just, just let it go. So I decided it, it would be a fun to create a large-scale immersive show around an enchanted forest kind of theme. And, and I, I, I had met this Canadian artist because he did the residency at Pooch Cove. Okay. And that's where he first saw my work. And he used my drop claws that I left. <laughs> And he reached out to me and we've been keeping in touch. And he's an abstract painter with a very fluorescent palette who also has a great love of the abstract expressionists. And he's younger than me. So he has a lot of other like, you know, anime and oh wow, Madonna leopard patterns, all that kind of stuff feeds into his work. But we have a lot of the same mark making and abstracting language and he's very he kind of brings the enchantment up 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 10 notches that's really cool this sounds awesome <laughs> his name is jared Betts. here here's here's two of our works together oh pretty right wow it'll, yeah it'll be good yeah that is gonna be good when does it open <laughs> september 15th okay at six to nine so yeah, and it'll be open until November fourth. So there's a lot of time to go see, and you can go see some music and have some drinks. Yeah, it, it's a cool venue. Yeah, I've I've been there before to see a candle. Like they have like a candlelight series with like a cover band. I think they were doing Sam Cooke. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, me and my father went one time. So yeah, that was cool. Oh, very cool. Yeah, wow. yeah. Yeah, they always have stuff going on. So yeah, I'm excited about this because you're right. It's always like it's always bustling over there. So it, it is, and it, it's. I think it's a. I I think it's going to be a very popular venue. You know, for everything eventually. So yeah, that's great. We need more spaces. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, wait. What's the name of the show? Did you say? Uh, situations of liminality and transformation. And someone, someone asked me, they're, they're, they're like, all right, what's with the title? You know? Yeah. Your, yeah. yeah. Your titles are always <laughs> off the chain. Your titles are always off the chain. 
Well, it, I, I, I'm really interested in, in traditional symbolism, different types of symbolism. And there was a, there was a time in, in my painting career that I was very into alchemy and the colors of ascension and then the colors of descension. And I would only use those colors. But anyway, so I was looking at the symbolism, traditional symbolism of the enchanted forest and it, it struck me because one, I mean, basically the definition was containing situations of liminality and transformation because the intended forest or even the forest is a threshold symbol and it's symbolic, you know, passing from one state to another. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of, of symbolism surrounding forests and enchanted forests, you know, and it can be good or bad actually. But, and I, and I, I just love that because I've always really enjoyed the word liminality. Mm. <laughs> I'm a big believer in transformation. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you've gone through different transformations of your career amongst the, through the time so i get that definitely yeah big big believer in in that so i i i, I it, it so it's literally the, the a definition in in like a traditional symbolism okay of a big definition but yeah i was kind of stunned someone asked me about the title i was i was like oh never noticed <laughs> <laughs> yeah no they always sound so like pretty and long with big <laughs> Big juicy words, <laughs> which I love. I think I've named a couple of paintings something liminality. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Strikes my fancy. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I get it. When you get something you're into, like you go with it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, Sherry, I'm so glad that we talked. Is there anything else that you want to bring up before we call our conversation complete? I no, I just think thank you. Thank you for having me and thank you for talking. It was a lot of fun actually. I'm not I'm not I'm kind of shy, so it's it, it was it it was good. You're very easy to talk to. Oh, no that's so nice. We have a podcast. <laughs> thank you. People are like usually like, "Oh, I don't really do those or I'm really shy," but then when they come and talk, I'm always like, "Oh my god, what an honor." So I'm really thankful. <laughs> well, thanks again for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into the Nosy AF podcast with me, your host, your friend, Stephanie Graham. I'm so glad that you made it to the end of this conversation. Please kindly let me know what you thought by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening right now. You can also connect with me at nosyaf.com via the Say Hello button. And if you're curious about what's going on in my art and film life, please visit my website at missgram.com. Oh, and also, if there is someone that you're nosy about and you want me to have them on the show, please send suggestions via the same hello button and I will check them out. Until next time, thank you so much for being you and see you soon. Peace.